Uh, have you ever felt like God wanted you to make a change in your life? Yes. Maybe you're feeling that way right now. Um, for those of you that know me, know there's been a lot of change going on in our life recently. And uh, I, the only thing I know how to do is I can get up here and I can read scriptures to you that, that you know, I've read and studied. But the best thing I've learned is just to share with what, what's going on in my life right now. Um. Uh, because I think that that's what you're going to really grab a hold of. Because God's really doing something in our lives right now. And that's what I want to share with you. Um, you know, there is, you know, this, this has happened to us multiple times that we feel like God's wanting to change something. And change sometimes isn't very exciting. And sometimes it is very exciting. Uh, back in January... So I'm going to tell you a little bit about, give you a little bit of background here if you don't know. So back in January of this year, I did feel like God was moving us on like, hey, it's time to, like where I was working at, you know, I worked for the radio station and I've been there for six years and I uh, loved my job. I loved what I got to do. I loved being able to be in the Christian music industry and working with the people that I got to work with and and uh, I love that and when this transition started happening, what was, what was going on? And maybe you guys might be able to relate, relate to this. Uh, maybe especially uh, some younger people might be able to. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking I'm a younger person, right? <laughs> I've got hair. <laughs> that helps. No, <laughs> no the, uh, we poke, I poke fun at Tom. He pokes fun at me, so I have to I take it. I only get the mic every once in a while, so I have to take it when I can. <laughs> Uh, but maybe, you know, okay, so I'm, I do a lot of stuff and digital stuff. Okay. So I'm, I'm in digital marketing and everything. And as I was, this transition was happening, like I was actually working a lot. And the biggest thing was, I don't mind working a lot, but what was really getting to me was I didn't feel like my family was part of it. And for those of you that know me, really well know that I'm really big on my family. My family means the world to me. So when I start seeing a change in my life and the way I'm living my life and I see my family on the outside and I'm kind of like over here doing my own thing, I don't like that. It doesn't feel right. You know, for you know, we lived in a we lived in a three-story house. Like when we moved back to Ohio, we made a list and we said, and this isn't on any of my notes. So this, this is the way, this is what I love about just letting God just work through you, whatever he wants you to do. Um, I remember when we moved, when God wanted us, told us to move back, I said, hey, let's pray. Let's make a list. Let's really, if we're going to move back to that freezing place called Ohio, where it gets cold like it is right now, uh, we let's go ahead and pray. Like let's ask God for a house that we would just never imagine what could happen. So we made a list, and uh, we did not hold back. We're like, let's look. we want a we want a big house with upstairs and, and a basement, and we want it to be like in the woods, and we want we want it to be an old farmhouse, and we just went all out, didn't we, babe? And uh, so we made this huge list, and we're like, all right, if this is what God wants, He'll make it happen because. When God has shifted us and told us to move, like when we were supposed to move from here to Florida and we did that, he prepared everything. When we moved from Loveland to Harrison, he, he provided everything. And not all of it right at once. You know, he would give us a vision and say this. We would know, like, this is no doubt. God has put this on, his, on our hearts. We can't shake it. We're supposed to go, so we've got to go. But we know like maybe funds weren't there. Actually, every time when we moved to Harrison and when we moved to Florida, we had nothing in the bank, right? And we're like, how in the world are we supposed to do this? And we've got to have thousands of dollars. But we're like, if this is really what God wants to do, he's going to make it happen. And he did every time. And he blew us away every time. So we knew what we were doing when we prayed about this house. We're like, okay, God, if this is what you want, you know this is the hardest decision for us to make. So we made this list, and we got a phone call, and it happened. And here's the thing. We got a three-story house. It was, an, it was 100 years old, totally remodeled inside. It was beautiful. It was in the middle of the woods, and get this, 
North College Hill. So if you know where that is, there's not many woods there. We had woods all around us. Actually, we even had our own graveyard in the back. It was pretty cool. Uh, uh, in the woods. I think there was like 70-something graves, I think, what we found out. 70-something graves back there. So we're like, wow, I mean, God put us there. But though that was something that we thought, all right, God, this is what we want, he also showed us that's not what we needed. We were in this huge house, and we felt so far apart. So then we got another crazy idea, and we're like, you know, we, me and my wife, we were, we were on our couple's vacation, and we were in Florida, which obviously we love Florida, so we were in Florida, and, and we stayed in this little tiny condo, and as we sat there, I was like, this is us. So we're like, let's go tiny. <laughs> so we got back, and we sold everything that we basically, everything that we had, we bought an RV and we moved an RV. So now we've been living in an RV for two years. Two years. And we love it. But, you know, we're close to each other. So when I was, when this, this came upon me that I was supposed to leave the radio station back in January, it was a really hard decision. Um, and the thing is, is that, you know, multiple times, I've hesitated when God started putting something on, on my heart, something I was supposed to do, and I did the same thing then because, and it's crazy because you would think that when you stepped out and you've experienced something, it would be no problem for you to step out and experience it again. Like, I've been down this road, I've stepped this path, I already know, like, God's going to prepare everything, I'm going to step out there and do it. But it's, it doesn't. Because what happens is we become comfortable in the things that we're doing. We become comfortable in our life. And it's hard to let go of those things because of the hesitation of the unknown. What's going to happen? So I didn't. I didn't let go. I stayed there. I hung in there until, like, around September, really. So that's where, I want to, that's where I want to kind of go to is, are you struggling or hesitating with something right now? Is there something that God has placed on your heart that maybe you're afraid to step out on? Maybe because there's so much risk. You know, this is, like, I, I titled this What If, because this is where I was at just this last week, there's been a lot of what ifs right now just going through my mind. And, uh, and we're going to look at a person in the Bible that had some what ifs. But, you know, we start processing stuff like, well, what if, God? What if I do this? What if, what if I leave this job, God, to, to do my own business? What if we can't pay the bills? And we run the risk of not maybe, you know, these struggles and hesitations, we run the risk of not being good enough. Like those are some of the thoughts that can go through your head. I'm just not good enough. Am I really good enough to do this? Uh, not being ready. I'm not re just, just not ready for it. There's no way I'm ready for this step, God. Not knowing enough, the risk of failure but if you, if you read any kind of books or you look at the Bible, the people that, that became, that, that God used, they had to fail. They had to be willing to fail to succeed. We learn from failure. But that's something that was running through my head. Or maybe it's the risk of, this is a big one, people, what are people going to say? What will people say? And then a big one for me as a husband is the risk of disappointing my family. Maybe it's your friends. If I do this, like this, you know, God's want me to do this, but God wouldn't ask me to do something that was maybe dangerous, right? God wouldn't ask me to, to leave my job. And I'm not saying God's telling everybody here to leave a job. That's not what I'm saying, all right? This is, I mean, this was months Several months of me and Shauna talking and praying about all this. So there was nothing that was just jumped out on and just 
this is me and my wife really praying and saying, what's the most, we felt like our family was not where it was supposed to be. Not, our family was good, but it, we were losing that. And we're like, we can't let that happen. And then maybe it's, you know, maybe it's even, you, know, you disappoint your family, your friends, or maybe it's even this, letting God down. Well, I can't do this because, well, what if, what if I let you down, God? What if I do this and what we have in our own mind, what we think how it's going to turn out, what if God is disappointed and it didn't, didn't happen the way he wanted it to happen? Those are some of the thoughts that maybe, maybe go through your head. I know definitely have went through my, my own thoughts. But here's what I want to talk about. What if we didn't hesitate when God said to do? What if? What if we didn't hesitate when God told us to go? Or what if we didn't hesitate when God told us to trust? So we're going to look at a story in the book of Exodus. We're going to look at the story of Moses. Now, there's a lot in this book. So before we start reading the scriptures, you can turn to Exodus chapter 2. But I'm going to tell you a little bit of the story that's going on here if you don't already know what's been happening. So back in Exodus, the Egyptians, they made the Israelites their slaves. That's, so I'm going to paint this picture. The Israelites were made slaves to the Egyptians. And Pharaoh gave the order because they were afraid that the Israelites were going to grow stronger than them and overtake them. So Pharaoh gave the order to throw every newborn baby, every newborn Hebrew boy into the Nile River to die. That was his order. Every newborn Hebrew boy was to be thrown into the Nile. Now, Moses was born, and Moses' mom saw something in Moses. So Moses' mom put him in a basket in the river and sent him on his way when Pharaoh's daughter came down. And basically, she saw the baby, and she's like, oh, that's a cute baby. I'm going to take it home. And, you know, she found that actually Moses' mom ended up nursing the baby. But then Pharaoh's daughter adopted Moses. So a beautiful story. Like, oh, yes, this, is look, this looks beautiful. Uh, and, but then later, Moses, when he started getting older, he saw an Egyptian beating up one of his fellow Hebrews. And uh, so when he saw this happening, Moses kind of exploded, and he, he killed the guy. That's, that's what happened there. And then he was afraid that Pharaoh was going to kill him, So which Pharaoh was. Pharaoh found out, and he sent people to go, to go after Moses. So Pharaoh actually, not Pharaoh, Moses escaped to Midian, as Midian is what it's, I believe it's pronounced. He escaped to that area. So that's, where, that's, where we're, that's what's all happened up to where we're about ready to read. So let's go to Exodus chapter 2. And I'm going to read verses 23, 23 through 25. This is where we're going to take the story back off at. So all this has happened, and in verse 23, it says, Moses, I meant, make sure I'm in the right place here, 2, 23. All right. Oh, yes, there we are. Years passed. And the king of Egypt died. But the Israelites continued to groan under their burden of slavery. They cried out for help. And their cry rose up to God. God heard their groaning, and he remembered his covenant promise to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He looked down on the people of Israel and knew it was time to act. Now, this is a beautiful thing, and I think this is good for us to kind of grasp the character of God here. You know, the Israelites, here they are, they've been slaves for years. Moses saw what was happening. And I'm sure that the Israelites felt like God wasn't there. He wasn't listening to them. It's just kind of like we talked about the wind. Like, they didn't feel him. They didn't see him. They didn't see what was going on. But God was watching. God heard their cries. And what I loved about the character of God here is, remember that this is where it starts. That God heard their groaning, and he remembered his covenant promise. The character of God is that he stands faithful to his promise. Even when 
we are going through life thinking that maybe this God thing is really God isn't really for you. Remember, God is, is faithful to his promise. But he also knew that now was the time to act. So, you know, so then later on, Moses is walking, there's a burning bush, and God sp- talks to Moses through this, through this burning bush. So let's go down to Exodus chapter 3. We're going to read verses 7 through 10. It says, Then the Lord told him, I have certainly seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. I have heard their cries of distress because they're harsh slave drivers. Yes, I am aware of their suffering, so I have come down to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians and lead them out of Egypt into their own fertile and spacious land. It is a land flowing with milk and honey, the land where the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, I lost my place, Hevites, and the Jebusites, I know I'm probably butchering every one of these, but there's a lot of ites in here, and, and uh, where they all live. He said, look, the cry of the people of Israel has reached me, and I have seen how harshly the Egyptians abuse them. Now go, for I am sending you to Pharaoh. You must lead my people, Israel, out of Egypt. So what I love about these scriptures here is there's something that I don't think Moses got because I'm about ready to read a whole bunch of stuff to you, which I kind of titled on here, Moses' Excuses. Okay, that's what I titled it in my little notes thing. It's his excuses. It's his what ifs. Okay, and what I, what I see in these scriptures right here when I was reading was, I think it's something that God wants us to see too. Even when I came in here today, I did feel that part of this, like, I was so excited about the word that God gave me. And don't get me wrong, I was still excited to share it with everybody. But something, like, sucked, like, the life out of me for a second. And I'm like, what in the world? And I believe God wanted me to get exactly what he wanted Moses to get here. And this is where our what-if statements are sending us the wrong direction. What God wanted, what, what Moses didn't see here is that this wasn't about Moses, this is about God's promise. And this is about his love for his people, including Moses. But when we start looking at excuses, like when we step in here, when I stepped in here and I felt like, God, how am I going to do this? What he wanted me to know is like, this isn't about you. This is about my people. And our what-if statements, these what-ifs, that we come up with that prevent us from moving forward, that should be a red flag to us that we're making it about us and not about God. So we're going to look at these excuses here. So I'm going to read a bunch of verses, okay? I'm going to go through this, and then we're going to look at it here at the end. So it's in Exodus chapter 3, verses 11, 11 through 15. Let's look at that first. So now remember, God just said, now go, I am sending you to Pharaoh, you must lead, you must, must, there's no like, hey, I would like you, no, he said, you must lead my people. So obviously, if God's saying this, guess what, it's going to happen, Moses, but you know, we, it's the same thing of us, when God tells us to do something, like, I need you to do this, it's going to happen, but I think we can kind of have the decision of how difficult we want to make this. So here's what happened, but Moses protested to God. He says, who am I to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt? God answered, I will be with you. And this is your sign that I am the one who has sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God at this very mountain. But Moses protested, If I go to the people of Israel and tell them the God of your ancestors has sent me to you, they will ask me, well, what is his name? Then what should I tell them? And God replied to Moses, I am who I am. Say this this to the people of Israel. I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, say this to the people of Israel, Yahweh 
the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my eternal name, my name to remember for all generations. All right, so we see this right now. So here, here's some, this is just the beginning of the what ifs. Like, well, what if, God? What if I go, you know? So let's go ahead and go down to Exodus chapter 4. We're going to read verses 1 through 9. I'm, I'm going to go 1 through 17, but I'm going to kind of split this up. So chapter 4 and verse 1. But Mo, Moses protested again. I mean, have you guys ever done this before? Have you ever been here before? Like I know we like I know we're reading in the Old Testament here, but I want you to really think about it. Can you relate to this right now in your life somewhere? Because it's like I, I can so many times like God, all right. I know you want me to. I know you want me to leave this job. I know this is what you want. I I know this is best for my family, but what if God? So Moses protested again. What if they won't believe me or listen to me? What if they say the Lord never appeared to you? Now let me tell you, if you if you haven't if you haven't stepped out and really like stepped out for God, you know, and lived, like really stepped out in something that God showed you to do. There are going to be people when you do, that's going to say, eh, is the Lord really in it? I don't know. You know, like I'm, you know, again, I'm still, it's awesome because even where I'm at today, God has done things and I'm, he's opened up so many, it's been awesome. He's opened up so many doors for us. And I'm still in the Christian radio business. I'm still doing this through my own company, and I love it. But then I even see things like, I know Kanye, is that right? Kanye is a really hot topic right now, all right? And I'm not saying because, like, his music's hot, but I'm saying, like, you know, he's like, it's not like some, I don't know that cool slang stuff, but but it's just, <laughs> my wife's like, that's true, you don't. <laughs> all right, I don't. But you know what? People today, even in even in the industry that I'm in, there's a lot of talk because is the Lord in it? Well, here's the thing. I think we can spend so much time trying to figure out if the Lord's in something than trying to figure out what's going on in our own lives. And that's where we got to be focused is inward on ourselves. So, you know, that's one of Moses' things. Well, what if they won't believe me or listen to me? What if they say the Lord never appeared to you? I share that with you because I want you to know, like, if God's doing something in your life right now, he's wanting you to step out, prepare yourself, because guess what? The, the enemy knows our what-ifs. So come to expect that not everybody's going to get it. They're just not. But trust God. you got to trust God. So here's what the Lord, then the Lord asked him, what is in your hand? And he said, a shepherd's staff, Moses replied. So you imagine Moses has been Living as a shepherd, you know, he's been carrying a stick around. He knows this stick. He probably trusts this stick a lot, right, this staff. And he, the Lord says, throw it down on the ground, the Lord told him. And so Moses threw it down, threw down the staff, and it turned into a snake, and Moses jumped back. Now, I can tell you right now, if I threw down this microphone and it turned into a snake, I would be probably running out that door. I wouldn't just be jumping back. Now, here's what I want to share with you, because when I was reading this, and I, I got to talk to my wife about this. As I'm reading this, you know, God, some of the hesitations that we have when we're supposed to do something. Now, now what I'm going to say, I might be looking at it from my point of the job that I left. But let me tell you, this goes beyond that. It goes just to the moment if God tells you to pray for somebody. Well, what, what are they going to think? Or... It can go to, maybe God wants you to pray for healing for somebody. And you're like, well, what happened if they don't get healed? Well, that's not on you. What if they do? So, in what I've heard before, and we're really good at this, especially in, our, in the church here in America, I believe. I, I think, I don't know, I've not been to churches in any other countries, but I hear it a lot here. 
probably because that's the only place I've been. But other people that I know, other missionaries and stuff, it, it's not, I don't hear this the same. And what happens is people, they feel like, well, God's not going to send you somewhere where it might be dangerous. God doesn't want you to go out there. I can tell you right now, there was a time that God had us do something that was pretty hard to do. And it was really tough for me because it was basically what it ha- I'm not going to go into all the details, but there was a shooting that happened. And then it was right down the street and a guy was hiding by, our, by side our house. And I felt like, and everybody else is like, you got to go get a gun. You got to do this. You got to protect your family. You gotta, and I'm going, oh my gosh, I got to protect my family. And I started researching guns. Now I don't have anything against guns. I love guns. But I've never been big, and I don't have anything against this, but I've never been big on, okay, I need to get a gun for my protection. And I don't have anything wrong, nothing wrong with that if that's the way you feel. But what I felt was God is my protector. And I'm like, you know what? If it's my time, if I have a gun or not, it's not going to stop it. And so I had all these friends tell me, like, you need to go get a gun. You got, I've got one right now in my truck. You can take it with you. You'll be good. And I'm like, and I was praying. I was like, no. What, what, and I share this with you because I want you to know, like, God isn't always going to say, yes, hey, get you a gun. Protect yourself. And he's not going to say, hey, look, I don't want you to go over there and pray with those people because those people look dangerous. <laughs> I want you to go over here where, the, you know, the flowers are blowing in the wind. There's some... There's some lambs rocking. We saw some sheep today, didn't we? When we caught some sheep running around, and you know, that's not the way it works. And I prayed, and when I prayed, and I prayed, and I prayed, I remember, I'll never forget that night. I prayed, and what I knew God was telling me to do was, I want you to go, and I want you to stick a sign on this, because they never caught the guy. Well, they probably did now, but I don't, they, back then they didn't. They hadn't caught him, and when I prayed, God said, I want you to put a sign on your side of your house right there and say, we knew you were here and we want to pray for you. And I had to go, and I told these guys this, and they're like, are you nuts? You got to use wisdom, man. And I'm like, and I told my wife, I was like, we, I went and got hurt because I was like, you know, all these things come to me. And I'm like, I just need to tell you what's going on. And she prayed and she's like, I think we need to do what God said. And we did this. Not knowing, having any idea, like, what the heck's going to happen. We left it up for, like, three days, I think it was. And then, like, we actually got kind of, like, in an argument inside the house. We were kind of, like, loud, you know. We were loud. Like, I know people might find that shocking. Uh, we were actually not getting along inside the house. And it's like, this is about the third day that this sign was out there. and We just got in a little st- stupid argument, you know. And as we're arguing, we're just kind of, like, I think I might have been yelling, Maybe Shauna was just like, nah, nah, yeah. no, she wasn't, guys. No, she wasn't. Uh, but as we're sitting there arguing, what happened was we heard this on the door. And right then I was like, oh, no, that ain't good. And I was, I'm the, immediately my thoughts went to, oh, yeah, that sign that says, hey, come up to the house. We want to pray for you. Like whoever's out there, if this is that person, they might be like, uh, I don't know about this. Uh, but, you know, I went to the door, and I'm like, oh, my heart was racing. And, uh, and it was the mail lady. You know? it, was Amaz- it was Amazon. <laughs> and then after all that, you know, after that, I was like, wow. It, in, the Holy Spirit really hit me like, what if? What if that would have been that person? I was like, wow. And then that evening, I felt at peace, like we're supposed to take the sign down and stuff. I'm like, wow. You know, we had a Bible sitting out there. So we, we took it down. I'm like, you know what? I don't know why. At first, I'm like, I don't know why you want me to do this, God. And it was the hardest thing because I felt like I was putting my family in danger. And again, I'm big on my family, really big on my family. And I thought, I can't do this, God, because I'm, put, I'm putting my family. In, you asked me to put my family in danger like, this is dangerous. And though all my Christian friends said, no, 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 that's not God. That's not God. God showed me during that time, like, 
okay, I didn't have to deal with that guy, but he wanted to see how faithful we would be, but then also he wanted to show us, like, hey, you're representing me in every moment of your life. So as I'm reading this about Moses throwing down this staff and it turns into a snake, here's what came to me was, you know, after he throws it down and it turns into a snake, what does the Lord tell him to do? He says, reach down and grab the snake, right? But he says, grab it by its tail. How many of you have ever caught a snake before? Okay, we got some snake catchers in here. All right, all right, Tom, bring the snakes out. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> like I said, I would not be here if that was going to happen. I would be out that door. Uh, <laughs> and I'll just let you know, if that ever happens, there's no screens in these windows. If you guys want to jump out the windows, you're good. No, the, uh, no, really, what I was reading, I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. God, you told him to grab the snake by its tail? If you catch a snake, you know... People tell you, don't grab a snake by its tail because it'll bite you, right? But here's God telling Moses, hey, here's a sign. Throw your stick down. It turned into a snake. Now I want you to grab it by its tail. Pick it up by its tail. He didn't say, hey, be very careful. Make sure you get it right behind its head. Grab that snake so you don't get bit. No, he says grab by its tail. So Moses did. So I want to point that out because God's not always going to call us to the things that are easy. He's not going to always call us to the things that doesn't contain some part of risk and trust in him. So then next, he says, next, here's the next one. He says, okay, grab by a tail. And in verse 4, it says, so Moses reached out, grabbed it, and turned, it turned back into a shepherd's staff in his hand. Uh, that's pretty cool. And in verse 5, it says, perform this sign, the Lord told him. Then they will believe that the Lord, the God of their ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, really has appeared to you. Then the Lord said to Moses, now put your hand inside your cloak. So Moses put his hand inside his cloak. And when he took it out again, his hand was white as snow with a severe skin disease. Now put your hand back into your cloak. Now, I'd be like, I don't know if I want to do that. <laughs> What's going to happen next? Uh, but the Lord said, you know, he did, and he pulled it back out, and his hand was healthy, and as the rest of his body. So the Lord said to Moses, if they do not believe you and are not convinced by the first miraculous sign, they will be convinced by the second sign. And if they don't believe you or listen to you, even after these two signs, and take some water from the Nile River and pour it out on the dry ground. When you do, the water from the Nile will turn to blood on the ground. So then verse 10, it says, But Moses pleaded, again, Moses pleaded with the Lord, O oh Lord, I'm not very good with words. I don't get the slang. Right? I'm not hip with the words. Uh. <laughs> I love it when you got a teenager because he's just sitting there like, no, nah, this is so embarrassing. <laughs> All right. You're not down with that, right? All right. So he says, I'm not very good with words. I never have been, and I'm not now. Even though you have spoken to me, I get tongue-tied and my words get tangled. Now, I can tell you right now, that's definitely one of my, my what-ifs in my life. And it says, then the Lord asked Moses, I love this, he says, who makes a person's mouth? Who decides whether people speak or do not speak? Hear or do not hear? See or do not see? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, I will be with you as you speak. And I will instruct you in what to say. But Moses again pleaded, Lord, please send someone else. I mean, now he's just straight to the point, like, I don't want to do it, man. I just don't want to do it. Please send someone else. So then the Lord, now remember at the beginning, he said, no, you must go. You must lead my people. So then here in verse 14, he says, then the Lord became angry with Moses. And he said, all right, all right. What about your brother Aaron, the Levite? I know he speaks well. And look, he, what do you know? Here he is. He's on his way. He's on way to meet you right now. And he will be delighted to see you. Talk to him and put, put the words in his mouth. I will be with you both. I will be with both of you as you speak, and I will instruct you both in what to do. Aaron will be your spokesman to the people. 
He will be your mouthpiece, and you will stand in the place of God for him, telling him what to say, and take your shepherd's staff. Don't forget that thing. Take your shepherd's staff. I probably would have been like, all right, I can stay here right here. But he's like, no, take your shepherd's staff and use it to perform this miraculous signs I have shown you. All right, so I want to point out some things here. What's cool about these five excuses that Moses gave is God had a response to every single one of them. Now, whatever your what-ifs might be in your life right now, I want you to know that God's got an answer for every single one of them. But just like we started off the service, I know, and this is what I was talking about, like some of the younger people might understand this at the beginning, is that we can get so caught up in all the busyness in our life. Again, I worked, you know, for the radio station. I was in digital stuff. I did stuff all the time. And I see this in a lot of companies that, you know, we're, we're in a different, a different era. Is that the right word? Era. Different, yeah. Eh. Pretty good. All right, let's go ahead and pray. No, uh, we're in a different era right now. And our lives are different. Uh, with social media, you know, I, I know in social media, one of the things that, that is tough for me is that a lot of businesses, from what I've experienced right now, they feel, it's like, it's like you work for them 24-7. Like, we need someone to be able to respond to somebody on our social media if somebody writes something. Because if we don't, it's going to hurt us. And this is kind of the mindset that we get into even with emails. Like, this is like, i got to respond now. If I don't respond now, what's going to happen? If I, don't, if I don't call this person back, if I don't text this person back right now, you could be in the moment of taking time and spending time with God. But then, you, I tell you what, if you try to sit down and spend time with God, you ask, I want you to really think about this. How many times does your phone start dinging? Even today, I was like, I worked late last night, and I told my wife, I was like, I am going to be able to take off Saturday and Sunday. I haven't taken two days off in a while. And I'm like, I'm going to take two days off, babe. Two days. And guess what? As soon as I sit back, I'm reading, just relaxing, my phone starts dinging. Hey, I got a problem. Hey, I got this. And I'm like, oh, Mary, are you serious? And I'll tell you the truth. I mean, I looked at it and I'm like, oh, let me, I'll try to see what I can do. And I was like, you know what? No. I was like, hey, you're just going to do it this way for now and I'll have to get to it on Monday. But we've got all these distractions and people come to like, it's like the norm now. Like you, they expect you to be working for them 24-7. Let me tell you, if anything starts coming between you and God, it's not good. Just like when I was heading home last week and I felt like, okay, I'm supposed to, I need to go and just spend some time walking in the woods and just praying and talking to God. And then getting out there and just sitting. It was the most amazing time for me. I felt like a huge relief was just taken off my shoulders. I'm like, God, you're right. This is so important. But it's the willingness to lay it down. So here's the cool thing is that God has answers for all of our excuses. So let me, if you guys want to put this up, this is what's cool. So we have Moses, Moses's, that's a hard one to say, Moses's, is that right? Moses's excuses on the left, and we have God's response on the right. And I want to show you this because maybe these are some of your excuses, but I want you to know that whatever God's response is, the only way you're going to hear God's response to your excuse is to be still and quiet in his presence. You've got to turn off the noise. You have to turn it off. So his first one, his first excuse was, I'm, I'm a nobody. I'm a nobody, God. And he said, hey, I'll go with you. His second one is, people will ask me hard questions. I've been there. God, people are going to ask me the hard questions. That I, how, how am I going to get the answers for these? He says, tell them what I say. He said, I'm going to give you the answers. Tell them what I say. And the third, you know, nobody will listen to me, God. Well, here are, here are some miracles to get their attention. And then, well, I'm not a good speaker. I'm not a good speaker. Well, I love this part because it's like reminding us, who made your mouth in the first place? When we think we're not, we're not worthy, that we can't do this for you, God, I can't go pray for that person. 
Think of these simple responses that God did to Moses. Who made your mouth? What do you mean you can't pray for that person? Who gave you the words to speak? His last one, come on, send someone else, God. Just send someone else. And what's the cool thing is, is God sometimes says, okay, but you're not getting out of this. I'll send your brother with you, and you'll communicate through him. And again, go. I want you to know that, that God has an answer for every what if that you have. Whatever it may be. Moses had to realize, he, he had to make a decision to accept God's direction. He had to make that decision to be able to move beyond it, beyond his what ifs. So, and he also had to realize that it wasn't his strength. It was God's. He had to really understand that it was God that was going to help him go through this. He wasn't alone. So even when I sat out there in the woods and God reminded me, because I started thinking like, God, well, what if? What if next month's different? What if next month I can't pay my bills? What if these jobs don't all complete? You know, it's like I start going through these what ifs in my own mind. And whatever your what if is, we all have our own what ifs that we have going through our own thoughts. And God, that's when God, when I started seeing the wind blowing, after I was just sitting there being quiet, it's like, okay, God, I've gave you everything. I've told you everything that's going through my head. I already know you know it, but I'm going to put it out there, and I'm just going to sit because I expect an answer. So I sat, and I sat, and I sat for a while, for quite a while, probably 15 minutes, probably just sitting there with nothing, just quiet. And that's when the wind started blowing. And that's when God started showing me. Because see, what I, we tend to want our answers like right now. We want them right now. Because that's the, that's the way we're used to doing life. Now. Respond now. Give me an answer now. Let's move to the next thing now. But God doesn't work like that. He wants us to desire Him more than just His answers. And it was important for Moses to realize that it wasn't about him. This was God's plan. So let me share with you this past September, you know, actually, I can skip all that now. Yeah, actually, no. In September was when I knew it was time to go from the place that I was at. It was time to move on. Some things came up and I had to make a decision. And uh, it was cool because even the night before, me and Shauna both knew stuff were happening. And I'm like, babe, I do not know how this is going to turn out. Like, we're looking at, like, I'll just go ahead and say it. Uh, I was looking at leaving there at the end of the year, end of 2019. That's what we were discussing. And that night, we prayed, and uh, well, I talked to Shauna. And she said, you know, something just interesting. She, and you guys can talk to her more about it because she's got more behind the story if you want to hear it. But basically, she sat there and she goes, you know, there's something that I felt like, she's like, you know, the other night I, I kept waking up and I kept, this thought kept coming to my head, to my thoughts was absorb, absorb, absorb. And then when she woke up, she said it came clearer to her. She remembered, absorb this blessing. She goes, I don't know what's going to happen, but I feel like that's what God wants us to remember is to absorb this blessing. I'm like, all right, cool. So I went to work the next day. I get there. And my day starts off at basically like, all right, okay, absorb this blessing, cool. You know, that's kind of slipped my mind now. I'm at work. I get a text, and, you know, we're on the phone. And basically like, hey, you know what? If you want to do this, we were just thinking, like, you might want to just go ahead and give a 30 days. And I basically had to make a decision of 30 days or not doing anything with my business for, like, the rest of the year. Or, Yeah. And I'm like, I can't make, that's, that's suicide to my business. So I was like, well, this is my 30 days. And I'm like, let me tell you, that's the, it was clear as day I knew the decision to make. But it's hard to look at those moments and go, absorb this blessing. Because it's like when you think you have like 
<laughs> I don't know how many months was that. That's September, October, November, December, January. Five, six months. All of a sudden, is that four? Four months? I'm trying to do math in my head. Anyway, I'm not good with months either. Now, when you think you got like four months left, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh no, you got 30 days. That's a big change in your mindset. And uh, what was crazy was like, even fast forward from that, we had this big conference. It was like, oh yeah, this is going to blow up. We can't wait to go to this conference. I've been waiting to speak at this conference for years. We're on our way there. We were in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and we get a message that they canceled the conference. And we're like, and of course I was bummed, and I'm like, and again, it's like, absorb this blessing. I'm like, really? But we did. And everything, you know what? Sometimes it doesn't look like a blessing. That's what God was teaching us. Like, even when it doesn't look like a blessing, absorb it as a blessing. God knows what he's doing. And we did. And he's really blown us away, hasn't he? So... That's where we were in September, you know, now I've been running my own business again, and this is great. Uh, now, I want to point something out to everybody here. If you guys remember, I know I'm kind of getting, probably probably getting a little bit long. Hopefully, you guys are all good. Everybody good? All right. I'm good. All right, cool. I'm getting close to the end here. But God can, has continued to show me the what-ifs. Help me get past this what-ifs. I didn't even know this is where the message is going to go today. A couple weeks ago, me and Ashton led worship. And uh, I remember praying before service, and the Holy Spirit instructed me to not put any, ly- any lyrics on the screens. And I'm like, what? And, and that's what the Holy Spirit told me, no lyrics on the screens right now, and have everybody, if you guys remember, he said, I asked you guys to stay seated during worship until you were ready to worship God. And... As I sat there praying and hearing this from the Holy Spirit, I'm like, what if they don't ever stand? And I'm being vulnerable. I'm being very vulnerable with you guys because I want you to know, you know, whatever you, it, I, I believe that God has me up here sharing this because somebody in here or multiple people in here have what ifs going through their heads right now. All right. So I sat there and I thought, God, what if, like, I look, I've played on a worship team for years, and I'm going, the worst thing, God, is when people don't stand and lift their hands and sing to you because it feels like they're not engaged. That's what I'm thinking. I'm like, what if they don't ever stand? You tell me to have them sit, explain the importance of worship and being, you know, sitting at Jesus' feet. And getting rid of everything before you enter into worship. I'm like, what if they don't stand? But I knew he said do it, so I had to do it. So I remember I was up here, we were doing worship, and here's what I want to share with you guys. As I was worshiping, I'm like, all right, halfway through the first song, they'll probably stand. This is not, not I thought this before, before I was up here. I wasn't thinking it's up here playing like, okay. Uh, all right, now they're going to stand on the screen. Hit that right chord and everybody stands. That's not what I was thinking. But I was thinking, well, probably midway through that. Now, I know. And I'll tell you right now, in worship, like this is sometimes how, you know, we can think and as worship. When I sing the word stand, everybody's going to stand. All right? When I say raise your hands, everybody's going to raise their hands. Okay. That's not the way it works. So as we're up here worshiping, oh man, I felt the spirit was so strong. And I remember opening my eyes. And usually I don't do that up here. Uh, I opened my eyes, and you know what I saw? Everybody sitting. Everybody was sitting. But you know what I felt? What else I saw was right at that moment, the Holy Spirit showed me everybody's sitting, but everybody's worshiping. I could see and feel the presence of God in the room, and I knew that every single person in here was sitting at the feet of Jesus. And that Moving past that what if, 
for me right before service? I thought to myself, well, what if I wouldn't even have done that? I would have never even got this experience at. There's things that God, God wants each and every one of us to experience. But our what ifs, those hesitations, hold us back from experiencing it. So what about you? How about you? Is there something that you know without a doubt? And let me tell you, if God's wanting you to do something, you're not going to be able to shake it. I've learned that from experience. You're not going to be able to shake it. If there's something in your life right now that you know, without a doubt, God wants you to do, I want to ask you, like, are you willing to get past that what if? Uh, I know that last week when I was going through the what ifs in my head that I was reading that morning but this was before I went to the woods and everything I, was, I opened up my book I opened up the Bible I was reading in Matthew and I read about Peter when Jesus was coming on the water during the storm and all the disciples saw him and they were freaking out like that's a ghost they were scared and Peter cried out to well Jesus cried out to them and said it's me and Peter cried out and said, Lord, if that's you, tell me to come so I can walk on water. And he said, come. He didn't say, Peter, listen, you're not really good at walking on water. You've never really done it before. I mean, what are people going to think if you get out of the boat trying to walk on water and you don't walk on water? He didn't do any of that. This is what Jesus was showing me, and I think he wants to show you. When Peter cried out to him, and said, Lord, if that's you, tell me to come. If there's something that's in your life right now that you're like, God, I feel like you want me to do this, cry out to him. Lord, if that's you, tell me to come. What's cool is that Jesus said, come. Peter didn't doubt. He jumped right out of the boat. Peter walked on water. Now we know the story, he started seeing the storm, started freaking out, he started sinking, Jesus grabbed him up. But here's the cool thing, he walked on water. I believe God wants us to walk on water. He wants us to experience these things. There's no guarantee that we're not going to sink. He knows, he knows us. He knows that we're going to get freaked out sometimes. But you know what? He didn't look at Peter and say, you freaked out. What is wrong with you, man? No, he, he grabbed him, pulled him up, and he said, all oh, you have little faith. He wanted to teach him, and he still continued to use you, Peter. Look at the story in Matthew. Continue to read it. That's what he wants to do with us. But we have to move, move past our what-ifs. What if we trusted God with our what-ifs? Here's the cool thing about Moses. God saw something in Moses that Moses didn't see. Or he would never have said, you must lead my people. God already saw it. And here's the thing. God sees something in you that you don't even see. He sees a version of you that you can't wrap your mind around. But that's the version of you that he wants you to flourish into. Into. 